All righty. What's poppin' pet people? Thanks for joining in uh, today. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> um, we have some stories for you. So um, part of the podcast is going to be, you know, um, we want you guys to share your stories of the pet care industry, um, you know, from anything and everything, sad stories, happy stories, fun stories, even the frustrating ones, um, you know, and keep keep it yes, relatable. Yes, we need those Karen stories. So um, Rachel and I have prepared some of our own listener stories to give you guys some inspo. Um, and then do be sure to write us at Rachel, what's that email again? That would be all for animals podcast at gmail.com. And real quick plug right here is we also have a very cool feature where you can send us voice messages. So if you have a story that you'd like to deliver your very, yourself or a question or anything like that, you can also click the link in our bio. And in each episode, I will include the link as well so that you guys can go ahead and record that and send that in as well. We'd love to hear from everybody. Yeah, the more the merrier, seriously. Um, I think that um, us being mobile groomers, you know, we know a lot and we've experienced a lot, but it's always fun to hear, you know, stories from veterinarians, vet techs, trainers, um, breeders. And, you know, our great friends, the wildlife rehabbers, the zookeepers, and I'm sure there has to be a million other pet-related and animal-related um, jobs out there. And in fact, here soon, we're going to be doing another episode where I'm going to kind of do a bit of a dive into the various jobs that are related to the animal field. And if you have kind of an off-the-wall animal-related job, let me know. I'd love to hear about it. Absolutely. And it also it also gives us an opportunity to learn as well, because being part of the industry, there's... There's always room for more education. If you're not learning about a dog breed, you know, you're learning about a haircut, you're learning about medicine, you're learning about, you know, canine, feline, animal psychology. Um, <clears throat> and the more you share, the more we learn and vice versa. And that's kind of why we're doing this thing. So um, let's go ahead, Rachel, if you want to start with your first um, story. All right. So my first story is called Eighth Grade Job Shadow Day. And it goes a little something like this. When I was in eighth grade, my middle school had a career day, but ours didn't do it in the usual way. So instead of having like the parents come in and talk about their careers, all of us kids got to choose what career we were most interested in pursuing later on in life and quote unquote shadow a person in that job for a day. We were given a list of interview questions to discuss with the person that we shadowed throughout the day, and then we had to write an essay about that experience for our class. A lot of the other kids pretty much just kind of decided to go along with their parents for a day or something, but I had always wanted to be a vet, so my mom actually reached out to the zoo nearest to us the Denver Zoo, we lived in Colorado at the time, and the head veterinarian on staff at the time, Dr. Felicia Knightley, shout out if she's ever listening to this, I'm, I will absolutely fangirl about that. <laughs> um, she gave me permission to shadow her, and I was absolutely stoked. So on job shadow day, Dr. Knightley told me and my mom, who got to tag along for the ride, all about her 
research with gorillas, which honestly, gorillas have always scared the pants off of me since I was a little, little girl. I have a very funny story about that for later. (laughs) Um, Anyway, she also talked about the many ways that zoos help with conservation efforts all around the world. So then we actually got to go and work on some of the zoo animals. I got to watch as a bird and a snake were examined before they were going to be transferred to another zoo. And then we went out to the like nursery area with the brand new babies that weren't quite ready to be integrated with the other zoo animals just yet. And there were two brand new litters of baby mongoose. Or is it mongoose? I'm not entirely sure. I'm not sure what the I plural is sit. there. <laughs> yeah. Mongoose sounds cute too, so I'll go with it. And I got to sit on the floor with them and snuggle and play with them. And they loved to like climb up and down the sleeves of my shirt. I was dying the whole time. It was so cute. Um, I also got to peek in on the baby bongo that had just been born the night before. And a quick trip through their zebra barn was where I got a souvenir zebra kiss while the medical staff were checking to see if there were any baby zebras on the way. And then we were off to see the bighorn sheep. Uh, There was a pregnant female, and she needed some vaccines and I think some vitamin injections uh, just to kind of help maintain her health through the pregnancy. But she really did not want any shots that day she jumped around so much and like so like high up that uh dr knightley had to ask my mom and i to step outside for safety and as soon as we did we basically saw horns show up in like the 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 roof of the holding pen she had jumped straight into the ceiling and her horns dented the the roof of the holding pen from the inside. It was insane. Um, definitely beats my career day. <laughs> um, I followed mom and dad to State Farm. Ah, see, you were one of the <laughs> usual kids, and I had to be all extra about I it. Sure was. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. Um, so, um, yeah, no, that's a cool experience to have for sure. Um, I, uh, you know, like I said, I, I'm, I'm partial to some animals in the way, but, you know, you get to learn... You know, how, how do you know what animals you like if you're not around them? Yeah, exactly. Um, and you getting that experience from a young age, I think, kind of helps sculpt kind of what, what you foresee doing in the in the animal industry. Oh, yeah. Um, so following that, <laughs> if, are, are you is that is are you finished? Oh, yeah. First of all. Yeah, I was just going to okay. brag about okay. how I'm pretty sure that most people can't say they've been licked by a zebra. So I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> Yeah, no, you win. You win. <laughs> I don't think I don't know that that'll ever happen in my life, but if it does, you'll be the first one to know. Deal. <laughs> <laughs> yes, solid deal. <laughs> okay. So, um my story is not nearly as interesting as yours. Um it's actually um I've titled the story Embarrassing Blues. Oh. <laughs> um and this is this is one of those, let's just get this off my chest now kind Ooh, of stories. Ooh, okay. Um, and there's more of these. We're getting come, the dirt. Because, you know, mistakes are made. Mistakes are made. <laughs> so um, not even six months ago, I had taken a new client. And, of course, super eager poodle client, my favorite. Um, 
And I was super excited to meet this new family and the new little the little pup. Um, so I headed their way, you know, from from my site, my job site prior. Uh, popped the Jolly Rancher in my mouth, turned up my music, and I was on my merry way. <laughs> I arrived, um, you know, at the family's home with my clipboard in hand, with my intake paperwork, um, you know, and, and greeted them with a nice warm smile. <clears throat> I had walked them through the intake paperwork, pretty brief, easy stuff, and soon enough, I was on my way back to my grooming unit with the pup, and of course, this dog was just too damn cute to not get a selfie with. So, um, I had pulled out my phone immediately to take some pictures. And I had flipped my phone camera around only to discover that my lips, teeth, and tongue were bright blue from that Jolly Rancher I enjoyed on the way over to the, the client's house. Um, you know, how professional. So, um, you know, I, I finish the dog. I do my walk of shame back up to the client's house. Um, and lucky enough for me, you know, I explained. I was like, yeah, like I'm a candy eater. Passes the time. And, of course, they were, you know, they figured and they laughed it off. Um, and uh, fortunately for me, um, they are still one of my very best clients on my schedule current day. Um, <laughs> so you <laughs> didn't scare them that, off. <laughs> that that embarrassing blue. Um, that um, yeah, that can't happen twice. We'll leave the blue Jolly Ranchers <laughs> for my days off. <laughs> oh my goodness! So that's one of those stories where um, you know I think it's fun to share things like that. Yeah. Um, a because it's not detrimental, and B it's it's goofy and relatable. Um, and C I think that like talking about embarrassing moments makes them less cringy when you think about them. Oh, definitely. <laughs> so laugh at my pain, people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but that's so relatable. Like, hasn't everybody like shown up somewhere and realized only after the fact that they had you know something stuck in their teeth or their shirt was buttoned wrong or something. Just silly like that, that right. that happens to everybody. <laughs> yeah, no, so that was my, uh, that was my unbuttoned shirt, um, moment. Uh, yeah. and of course, lucky enough, it was, it was, it was a fun little story at the end of the day. Um, <clears throat> and I actually, I really like to share that story cause I just think it's hilarious. Um, oh, and yeah. it's a good conversation starter around the table, you know, Christmas time, the holidays. Um, yeah. <laughs> so so night, I mean, night and day from your story, you're talking about your <laughs> childhood education, and <laughs> I remember you're talking about, you know, um, trying to be professional and failing, so um, ah. <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. Um, I just no, did a I real will... deep dive. I went, you know, way, way back in the, the Rachel time machine, so that's all. All right, so my next story is called Ellie the Matted Poodle. And this is actually not even my story, but it is one of the ones that we have already received from our uh, prospective listeners. So all of our fans that we've already amassed amongst all of our, uh, I guess, compatriots. That's a good way of saying it. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's a great way to say it, honestly. All right, so this one begins, Hi, I'm Rebecca, and I'm a groomer from Maryland. I just wanted to say I think this podcast sounds so cool, and I'm so excited to hear what you guys do. If my story makes it on the show, thank you. And in parentheses, in parentheses she says, Hi, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, about three years ago, I was working in a pretty rural area where it was often a struggle to get people to understand the importance of having their pets groomed. So one day I had a new new dog on my schedule named Ellie, and the owner arrived, and I was in shock. 
the second I saw poor Ellie in his arms. Uh-oh. Okay, that's not good. <laughs> she was teeny tiny, and she was a rust-colored toy poodle mix, and she was covered in gigantic mats. I'm not talking your average pelted coat. I'm talking rock-hard, completely immovable helmets of filthy matted hair over literally every inch of her little body. Oh, poor thing. The, the man was very gruff and unconcerned about Ellie's condition and casually mentioned that he's been meaning to get around to making her an appointment since his wife died two years earlier. Oh, jeez. Oh, my God. That's just... That's just like my story with the little Shih Tzu. Well, and you know, I see things like that at the rescue all the time, and it's, it's, it's a damn shame. You see, it. you know, I've seen, I've seen dogs in worse condition at a family home than the rescue. Oh and, yeah. You know, you're talking about a poodle, poodle mix here. I mean, that's a, that's an intense coat to maintain. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's really, really unfortunate. Yeah, that's one of those days where you just kind of cry through the groom. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. And, you know, you, that silver lining is, well, the dog's feeling better. Um, and, yeah. of course, you do your best to educate and stuff. Um, but, you know, the biggest thing is grooming is not, whether it's a rat terrier or it's a poodle, grooming is not cosmetic. It, it, no, nail trims are not, not cosmetic. Anal gland expression and ear cleaning. Um, bathing. You know, I tell people a lot of the times when they don't think their dog necessarily needs a haircut, say, well, the bath is just as important because that's really going to keep the oh, skin yeah. the skin nice and healthy. Um, I don't mean to cut you off there. Continue. <laughs> oh, you're good. I like the comments. All right. So uh, since the wife died two years earlier, I cannot believe that two years um, he mentioned that she's old and doesn't move very well, so I quickly set up Ellie in a crate and let the man know I'd do my very best to get the hair off of her, but depending on what was going on underneath, he might need to rush her to the vet. Yeah, I was worried about that, because when I've had super matted dogs, we've always wound up finding stuff underneath that was real right, scary. Yeah, no, and the, I, tell, I tell the owner of the rescue, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to find when I unveil this pelt, but yeah. y you might want to get ready for a vet visit. Yeah. And, I mean, typically she does have the animals going, and that's a conversation we've had is let me groom them before they go to the vet because I would hate for you to take them to the vet, you know, to get to get yeah. seen and examined and vetted and um, only to find more, you sure. know, from when I pull up that coat. I think I found a hot spot like oh, the geez. size of a volleyball once. And then we're talking a, a dog the size of a Shih Tzu. Okay. Uh, he kind of huffed at me, <clears throat> agreed and left, so I got to work. The man was right, and Ellie really struggled to walk or even stand for any length of time. I tried to use a 10 blade to get under that hard shell of matting, but that just was not happening. And I wound up having to use a 30. Oh my God, a 30? Oh my goodness. All over her body. Honestly, even that was quite the struggle, and I cried off and on the entire time I worked on those mats. Yeah, I literally can't see how you wouldn't cry at something like that. It was the worst case I'd ever seen. Her skin was marbled with bruises from the constricting mats and full of two years of grime. She had two years of eye boogies and tear stains practically fossilized onto her face, and when those mats fell to the floor, they made a heavy thunk. Oh, jeez. It took about two hours just to get all that hair off of her, and once I did, she started dancing around my table. 
She was able to move freely. All that time, those hard mats had solidified to the point where she could barely move her own little body. And the mats had hardened around her extremely long toenails, making it super painful for her to walk. Oh, geez, I can't even imagine the damage that did to her poor little feet. But this Ellie was a brand new girl. She was so happy and excited, it was like she barely even noticed that she had a bath and blow dry. As I was getting her all finished up, I just couldn't bear the thought of handing her back over and not knowing if she'd be neglected like that again. That's the worst part. I decided to offer to buy Ellie from her owner so that she'd be well cared for. I was super nervous bringing it up, and I'd never done anything like it before, so I was really awkward. The man just kind of looked at his girlfriend standing next to him and then said, Sure. I gave him $100. It was all the money I had on me at the time. And I brought Miss Ellie home. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah, that's she a really, a... really good story. Yes. She had a trip to the vet <clears throat> to address the skin and bladder infections that she had. And she was my buddy from then on. She lived the life of luxury for two years before she passed away peacefully at home. Oh, I'm so sorry you lost your friend. She'll always be my special girl and the best reminder of why I do what I do. Thank you so much, Rebecca. Yeah, That's absolutely. an amazing story. Yeah, that was a really, really good story, actually. I hope to have something similar. Um, well, I guess I shouldn't say I hope for that, um, but just some sort of I know of what you mean, though. Like that. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and for me, for me being a dogless dog groomer, um, I, I maybe it's maybe it's some sort of fate. Me waiting um, to, you know, to offer up a home for an animal in need. Um, and you're also yeah. a much better person than myself because I don't think I would have paid for the animal. <laughs> I think I would have said payment is me shaving down your dog because we already know you threw away that thirty blade. Um, yeah. <laughs> after that appointment, and another thing I want to discuss with people. Um, that maybe don't know groomer terms 10, 10 blade versus 30 blade. Um, a 30 blade is short. Um, and when I say short, it is a medical blade. The yeah. shortest I will go on an animal is a 10 blade. Um, there was one time I did have to shave an animal out at a rescue with a 15 blade. And again, mm -hmm. you're, you're nicking the animal left and right. Um, so one, Rebecca, very brave of you to use a 30 blade. Um, and, and, and second, it's, it's, um, that's extremely short. So to know that the mats were so tight to the skin that not even a 10 blade could get through, um, is, is just mind boggling, honestly. Right. Um, yeah. That had so, to take that, some that, serious skill. <laughs> I like those sad stories with the happy ending. I, re I really yes. live for those. You, the, you, in this world, we don't always get to see the happy endings. So um, when you get yeah, those... Yeah, that's how you wish it would end when you see those horribly neglected dogs. Right. And, and the reality is we just can't save everyone. Uh, but I'm, I'm glad that yeah. um, that lucky lady um, did get a, a second chance at life. Um and actually, transitioning into my next story, um, this next story I call the scary compliment. Oh. Um, this was this was right at the beginning of my grooming career. I had just graduated academy. This was um, one of the first salons I had worked at before starting my own business, um, and um, it, it's one of those happy endings. So let's get into it. Awesome. Um, yeah. So so not long after graduating, like I mentioned. Um, I picked up a job at this local salon to kind of perfect my skills a little bit more. Um, and I remember this distinctively. It was a cold, rainy morning 
okay, so there's already a bad yeah. Opening, right? <laughs> um, and it was, it was a cold, rainy morning when she walked in. Of course, she being my first very intimidating client, she knew exactly what kind of haircut she wanted, exactly what kind of um, products she wanted, um, exactly how she wanted her dog to look, and then informs me that I'm the fourth or fifth groomer um, she's taken the dog too, and that the others did not satisfy her, which of course my little baby groomer self is just shitting his pants. Like I'm, I'm definitely, I'm definitely in for a treat. Um, of course I gave it my best shot. Um, and I had some, I had some other groomers there that had years on me that were able to help me out. And I did the best I could and sent the dog home. And Tuesday morning, you know, I showed up ready to learn a little bit more of my way around the grooming table. And suddenly my boss at the time had approached me with the shop phone, letting me know that that client from yesterday was on the other line requesting Uh to talk to me. Um, And of course my heart, yes, of course my heart just, my heart absolutely drops. And I take the phone thinking, what did I give your dog razor burn? You know, what did I not do to your satisfaction? Of course is what's Mm -hmm. going on in my head. Um, And immediately she starts complimenting me, letting me know there wasn't a hair out of place on the animal. Um, that she was super satisfied with my work and that she'll be requesting me as the dog's groomer, um, you know, from here and in, into the foreseeable future. Um, and of course, all the anxiety left my body and was just replaced with um, confidence Aww. and joy. And, um, you know, I, I did groom that dog quite a few more times before um, leaving that salon to start my mobile business. Um, I don't see the dog anymore, but um, I definitely have taken that memory very, very far with me um, because it's that's one of those things that's really heartfelt and good to hear, um, especially when you're expecting literally the polar opposite. You know, I'm expecting to get shamed shamed and belittled. Plot twist, she compliments me. Um, And and mind you, I was was six months into grooming, um, my education included, so... Um, yeah, that was really, really fun um, and, and really good to hear. And I hope that other people in the industry kind of get that um, same sense of, you know, that, that good feeling. The girl that works. That positive feedback. Well, right. I worked for a doctor and, of course, working for veterinarians. They are never not slammed. Yeah. Um, and I remember, you know, I was working my ass off and, you know, the, the main vet and owner of the clinic popped in and she gave me a double thumbs up and said, you're doing a great job, Peter. That's awesome. And you bet your ass, I worked even harder every single day until leaving vet med, um, just to hear that. So that's my little heartfelt story. I love it. Yours are so much more like wholesome and and sweet than than the one that I have coming up here. <laughs> oh 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 well, I'm re- I'm ready for it. Let's hear it. All right, and this one is another of my personal stories. So it is called, "Ma'am, doesn't your husband have nipples?" <laughs> so it starts off. I swear, I just can't make this up. I had a woman call me frantic because she found a tick on her dog and couldn't get it off. I was super slammed that day, but I figured it would be an easy, quick. And, like, simple enough appointment, so I told her to bring the dog on in, and I'd extract the stray arachnid. I swear it was less than five minutes later when she burst through the shop door, all disheveled, with her obviously distraught little scruffy terrier mix in tow. As I was securing the dog that I had just been working on in his kennel, I could hear her ranting in reception at one of the poor daycare staff about how she had tried one more time to pull the tick off, but now it's bleeding. So I come running out to inspect the dog, who is not wanting anyone 
anywhere near him while the owner regales me with the whole ordeal. And she's listing all the things she's tried and I'm starting to get a little confused and I'm getting a bad feeling about it. She apparently tried pulling the tick with her fingers at first, but when that didn't work, she went looking for tweezers. And they weren't working either. At this point, I've finally gained enough of her dog Jasper's trust that I can examine him, so I ask the lady where this tick is, and she says it's on his belly. I barely catch a glimpse of this dog's belly, and I literally shout, Oh my god! Because I had to tell this woman... That the tick on Jasper's belly was, in fact, his nipple. Oh, jeez. <laughs> but wait, because it gets worse. Upon informing the woman of her unintended nuclear purple nurple, she gives me this look like I am absolutely the dumbest person on planet Earth, and then smugly tells me, but Jasper's a boy. And I muster up my best customer service face and calmly explain that boys do, in fact, have nipples. And she had practically pulled and twisted, in parentheses I have here, she was twisting it! Poor little Jasper's nip right off! But this woman just wasn't letting it go and kept insisting I had no idea what I was talking about, demanding to speak to another groomer even though I was the only one there while our other groomer took her lunch and was getting more and more upset till I finally just look her dead in the eye and ask, ma'am, doesn't your husband have nipples? <laughs> Let me tell you, this woman's face just absolutely sank. And she mumbled something about, thank you for your time, and basically sprinted to her car. So, moral of the story, boy dogs have nipples too. Yes. <laughs> Yes, that's hilarious, as a matter of fact, <laughs> because um, that's a super, I feel like that's a, a bigger misconception than people like to think. And I actually like your comparison of, well, male humans have nipples too. And <laughs> I've actually, I was working at a rescue one time um, and it was a, a small animal. I think it was a rabbit came in. She was like, well, it's, it's a girl. It's got nipples. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That does not mean anything. <laughs> It means nothing at all. Um, actually, the first two rabbits I got, um, we we thought were both girls because they had, um, they had the nipples. And of course, taking them to the vet that I still see and take my hedgehogs to, we found out that we had boy and a girl. And not only that, they were related. Oh, so yes, spay and neuter. Spay and neuter was on the menu that later that yeah. week. Um, but yeah, that's actually hilarious. Um, and and a good a form to educate because I don't I I'm sure as much as she's not going to tell her friends that story she's going to know in the future yeah. <laughs> if that ever gets brought up your male dog has nipples okay I promise yep. um, that's a really good story actually uh, it actually complements the story I'm about to tell very well ooh okay um, because we we've, we've talked about the heartfelt we've talked about the sad. We've kind of touched about the nitty gritty, but I think this one's going to take the cake for most disgusting. I call right. it Icarumba anal glands. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> if, you're, if you're in the animal industry, you know anal glands are fucking disgusting. Yeah. You will never get used to the smell. You will tolerate it. You, it's, it's, it's putrid. It's horrible. <laughs> um, and, it, and it lingers, too. So when you're working in a 6 by 10 trailer like me, you smell it all day long. You oh. absolutely do. Um, but, um, so yeah, I mean, being in the animal industry, you deal with um, an ambush of poop pee, the occasional diarrhea and vomit. <laughs> um, 
So and this that's from was, the uh, animals, mind you, not the coworkers. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Well, I think I almost pissed myself with my last story when when I had to pick up the phone thinking I was going to get yelled at. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but fair but enough. But thankfully, thankfully, that was not the outcome. Um, yeah, but this actually, this story is not long ago. Um, it was in my old van before I had switched to my grooming trailer. Um, I obviously I always prep the dog, get him in for tub time. Um, and do a little bit of butt squeezing. So, of course, I always express the anal glands before I start the bath because I feel like the other way around would just be really counterproductive. Yeah. Um, so I start squeezing this little guy's booty, and he starts zigging and zagging. Of course, I don't think I'd like some stranger squeezing my butt either. You know, um, I don't think many and, people would. And so I, I, right, so I go to calm him down, and immediately, boom, I get nailed in the face with anal glands. I'm talking oh. mouth, lips. My my glasses were covered. Oh and god! I, I immediately, <laughs> yeah, I immediately just went into shock. Um, I was also very grateful in that moment that I had poor vision because I think I would have gotten double conjunctivitis if I didn't have my specs. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about <laughs> um, that. Oh. Yeah, no kidding. Thank God. Thank God for uh, thank you, Dad, for your piss poor vision. Came in handy that day. Um, but, um, so I immediately just froze and I was in shock and then it hit me what had happened. And I just turned the, the hose towards my face and just started hosing my face, <laughs> glasses, mouth, lips, everything down. And I stood there, um, just, you know, kind of repeatedly rinsing. Um, and then I had remembered in my head, um, I was like, well, first I kind of sat there contemplating getting a desk job. I was like, you know, <laughs> I don't know if there's any amount of money that's going to make this worth it. <laughs> um, of course, I gained my composure and I realized that I had some mouthwash and um, an additional scrub top in the cab of the van. Oh, so thank of course God. I, I mosey on up there faster than the speed of light. Um, and I switch out and after rinsing my mouth, mouth a couple more dozen times, um, I was able to finish the groom for the day. Of course, still sick to my stomach. I think that's the only time I've really really been sick and i swear that dog felt oh. bad like usually they don't usually they don't i could tell that dog felt bad is you know it's of course um one of those things where if you get anal glands on your hand you tell yourself you can just spray yeah. it off but in the mouth is a whole different thing i will never ever ever open my mouth while expressing anal glands again i can tell you that and yeah, you learned a very say, important lesson. <laughs> we're not even sponsored by Listerine, but shout out to you guys. I am a loyal customer till the end of time with you guys. <laughs> so um, thank you very much, Listerine. Um, <laughs> An unintended client base that they never even knew they had. <laughs> right. Well, exactly. And I, I think it's funny that I hear all the time new, newbies that want to get into the industry. They're like, oh my gosh, it must be so fun. And I'm like, no, it's a lot of back pain, awkward twisting, and cleaning up shit. Um, yeah. It, no part of the animal industry, I think, is a glamour job. If there is one, um, if you guys could write us a story, um, I'm jealous of you, first of all. And second of oh, all, yeah. I want to see if that even exists. Um, yeah, is there anybody that actually just plays with puppies all day? I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> yes, yes, right. If that were a career choice, I think I would have made it there. I think I would retire from grooming to be, well, a professional pet player. That'd be wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I think that would have been the day to do it too. Cause I mean, you cannot top a story like that. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't, I don't know. I'm glad that we were able to end with that one. Um, yeah. <laughs> if you, if you listeners could, could stomach it. Um, yes. I think you guys should be able to considering I lived it. Um, yeah. And, and again, a lesson was learned. I mean, learned. you're here, you're still here today. <laughs> A lesson was learned that day, which is keep your damn mouth shut when you're squeezing butts. Yeah. That's, that, <laughs> that is something that um, will never happen twice. Can I put that on a t-shirt? <laughs> yeah, right. Put it on a damn t-shirt. I hope there's not enough people. I hope there's not enough people, though, to like relate to that t-shirt. Yeah. Literally, I hope I'm the only one. Yeah. I, mean, I would not wish that on my worst enemy. That's a very good <laughs> so, point. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, I genuinely hope that there's not a market for a t-shirt that says shut your mouth when you're squeezing butts. Oh I really hope not. <laughs> I hope that I'm the one and only. I'm just but, imagining um, like tie-dye with like brown splatters all over it. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Yeah, no, and it was, I mean, it, like I said, it could have been worse if I wasn't wearing glasses. But, oh, yeah. Um, I, I, I had told that story to my vet too and I was sitting there I was like you know State Farm don't sound too bad now (laughs) of course my whole family my whole family um you know I'm the I'm the stray wolf I don't I don't work in insurance um and uh that day I was contemplating it for sure so that'll um, definitely make you reevaluate your life choices (laughs) yeah no kidding no kidding um there was a lot going through my head as soon as I realized what happened um yeah Unfortunately for me, you move on from those things and you go clean up more shit, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So. And then you hand the owner their perfectly quaffed little puppy and it's almost worth it. (laughs) And I didn't even tell them. I I didn't even tell the owner that that happened. I was like, you know, I don't want them to have to live with this guilt. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) I was like, yeah, they're not, they, they don't need to know. Some things Missed are better opportunity, left my friend. Then, well, and then me having to explain to them what happened, it's almost like me reliving it. And like, you know, <laughs> me me saying it here for the podcast is also bringing me back in that moment in time. So I think this will probably be <laughs> the last time I can talk about it. Yeah, you have groomer PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> yes, if that's a thing, I've earned it. I, I definitely... Yeah. Um, I think if that's a diagnosis in the DSM-5, I definitely meet the criteria now. <laughs> so We're um, making up a brand new diagnosis just for you, Peter. <laughs> well, and again, what I just said earlier, you know, take it with a, with a um, humoratic scent, sense, if that, if that makes sense, and laugh at my pain. Um, yes. You know, if, if you can't laugh or if you have to laugh to keep from crying like I did in that moment, <laughs> that's what we do. Um, and again, if there's anyone out there that has another nitty gritty story, because I know there are, I owe you vet techs. I know. Give me some of it. I want to know some of what you've experienced because, um, I think that I deal with piss and shit a lot as a groomer. And I think of when oh, I was yeah. a vet assistant, my goodness, it's like 50% of the job entails, um, cleaning up animal Just waste. Bodily so. fluids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah. I'd have to tell you sometime about uh, the time I was grooming a dog and he like, he all of a sudden just turns and throws up in a perfect arc onto my shoulder. 
Oh, good lord. No, there was yeah. one time I had a nervous dog out in Hayworth. One of my very good clients. Shout out to them. Um, and, I, of course, their dog's... Their dog's a prude. He's a nervous little guy. I see him once a month. He's always just a nervous little guy. He's good. He's a good listener. It's just the anticipation kills him. I pick this I pick this little shit up to give him a bath. And when I say little, he's like a 40, 50-pound pit mix. And he, okay. just blew, he just blew shit all over the side <gasps> of my van. I picked oh, him no. up. <laughs> and, he, yeah, he could not hang. So, I mean, I'm glad it happened before the bath. Um, yeah. And but, not yeah. inside. Yeah, and not in my mouth. Yeah. Oh God. Oh God. So okay, you're gonna make me gag <laughs> so that's, now. No. That's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> no thanks. So, um, yeah. Well, once again, cannot reiterate it enough. This is not a. This is not a glamorous <laughs> job. None of it. Um, no. But I think that's a. I think that's a good note to leave on. Um, so everybody, if you, um, you know, if you have a story you want to share, um, and I do want to uh, mention this too. If you have a story you want to share. Um, but you want to be left anonymous, that's absolutely okay. Um, just make sure to put that, um, you know, in, in the writing, um, you know, in the email, um, in the in the private message. Yeah, just put that at the top of the email. And the email, again, is allforanimalspodcast at gmail.com. And you can also find us on social media. Um, on Facebook, we are All for Animals Pod, and on Instagram, it is All for Animals Podcast. This is our second episode, and we've gained a lot of um, traction, and we kind of want that to continue. Um, I think the best way to see updates about the podcast thus far is going to be um, the Facebook page. Yeah. Um, and we do very much so look forward to hearing from each and every one of you, um, anonymous yeah. or not. So um, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, we hope that we could share some laughs with you. Um, it may be even like a tear. <laughs> that story with Rebecca um, is honestly a very, very good story oh, yeah. to hear. Um, and those are the stories that we kind of want to hear more of. All um, the stories. We want them all. Uh, across all I the even stories. want the crazy yes, Karen yes. stories because I know you've got some. Everybody. We'll do a whole Karen episode. Yes. The animal industry seems packed full of Karens. And of course, I don't know because I went from food in, I went from the food industry to the pet care industry. And of course, everybody that's worked in, in food service knows that it's chocked full of Karens. So maybe there's just, there's just Karens hovering about everywhere. I think but, they've taken um, over the world. <laughs> specific, specifically for, um, you know, the animal industry, if you have. Um, stories about either a difficult client or just someone downright rude. If you need to get some something off your chest, oh yeah, we want to hear it. Yes, absolutely. We're we're, we're here. Um, we're here to be relatable. So um, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, um, be sure to tune in next week. Heck yeah! And everybody, please remember: brush your fucking dogs. <laughs> Tip your groomer. Be kind. Yeah, no kidding. Be kind please. to your vets. Yes, absolutely. Be good to us. And, we love your animals too. And ask questions too. I can promise you right now, Rachel and I were not born with any of the knowledge and education we have, and I'm still itching to improve. Um, in some spots and the best way to improve your knowledge is asking questions um, even the more difficult ones those I feel like are actually the questions you learn the most from so um, hell yeah so yeah and go go hug your animals for us please and thank you yes extra ear <laughs> scritchies and everything all Absolutely. right well thank you everybody for listening and we'll see you next week 